2: show love and power, to show His mercy and grace, to conquer the nation, declaring His praise, igniting revival with song. And
1: the honor, and we lift our hands in worship as we bless Your holy name. You deserve the glory. Shine so bright in my darkest night. Hallelujah. We thank you. We give you the glory. So glad I found you. So glad you called my name out, out of darkness into your marvelous light. Hallelujah. I don't understand everything, Lord, but I understand. I know you. I love you. And I give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're going to go ahead and be seated. Amen. Uh, Pastor Joey made me an apostle tonight. Well, I, I, praise the Lord. I got elevated. People call, call me stuff. I don't, I don't call myself anything. As long as the check is right, I don't care. <laughs> as long as the address is right for dinner, I
2: don't
1: <laughs> show up at the right place. Amen. We're just your humble servant tonight and glad to be here in the house of the Lord. I'd rather be in the house of the Lord than the finest mental institution. In Tulsa, Amen. I'd rather be in the house of the Lord than the finest soup kitchen, Amen. In the state, I can't get no witness here. I'd rather be in the house of the Lord than the finest hospital in Tulsa, Amen. I can't think of any other place I'd rather be than in the house of the Lord. David said, "What? It was I was glad when they said to me, "Let us go into the house of the Lord," Amen. To be in the fellowship with God's people, those that we have something that this world does understand. We have Jesus. Hallelujah. We share him in our hearts with one another, amen, and we are one family. Paul said, for this cause I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. You know, saints don't die. They get translated. They get transitioned, amen. All the saints in heaven, if in Christ, there's no death in Christ. They're alive and we are alive. Death means separation from God. That's what death really means biblically. So when those that are in Christ die, they don't die. They're not separated from God. They go to be in the presence of the Lord. There's no separation. Amen. They joined a great cloud of witnesses. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. And so we have hope beyond this life. If we only had hope in this life, we'd be miserable people. Amen. We'd be miserable. All that looking back over what the couldy couldy could he, should he, all the things you should have did and could have did. But aren't you glad that these 70, 80, 90 years is going to be brief? But, all oh, eternity is going to be forever. Hallelujah. Eternity with the Lord. I know people think we're going to be in heaven walk around with, with, with um, you know, wings and naked babies with wings and, you know, all this stuff they make about heaven. But any heaven ain't like that. Heaven is the greatest super city that sits in the center of all creation. Amen. More modern, million times more modern technology than anything you've ever seen. Hallelujah. I can't wait till I get to heaven and step in my super space cruiser and go across the universe and all the planets. that You know, they say there's 400 billion galaxies. I'm gonna get a chance. Can you, can you see me like Captain James T. Kirk on the Starship Enterprise? Flying, amen, through subliminal speeds throughout the universe, looking at all of God's creation. I'm gonna be so glad I didn't be alive. I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna be so glad I didn't lay stay in sin. I'm gonna be so glad I didn't go to the devil's hell. I'm gonna be so glad I didn't choose my way and chose his way. Amen. About a million years from now, this life is gonna seem like a dream I had when I was in school as a child. I used to be a, a regular human. Yeah, I, I remember those days. But now I'm indestructible. I don't, need a life support, I don't need a life support system in space. Come on, somebody. Jesus is my life support system. You better expand your imagination about where you're going. You ain't just going to sit around in some city and walk around in white robes on all day. Come on. Bible don't tell you that. That's something you made up. That's true. That's something Rome made up for you. Amen. Heaven's got to be better than this. What's the point of going if we're just going to, go to walk around in white robes on for millions and millions and millions of years? Amen. God has got someone, he said, I haven't seen either Has it coming into the hearts of men. What God has prepared for them, but, 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 God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. It's got to be better than this. When the Lord tells you he's going to make it up to you, he means it. No matter what you've gone through, what you've suffered, what you've lost, Jesus says, I'm going to make it up to you. He will make it up to you. Nothing, nothing can compare to the glory that shall be revealed. If you can imagine how good it's going to be, it's going to be better than that. He said he's able to do exceeding, abundant, above all I can ask or imagine. That's what thinking is imagining. Now, I got a big imagination. If you can beat that, Lord, you, got, you, got, you really got a job on hand. You can beat my imagination. Amen. I can't wait to that great day. Hallelujah. The consummation of the ages and the books are open up and they're shut. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty I'm free at last. Free to move about the universe. You think God made all these planets just to sit up there and be in the sky? He made them for inhabitation. Hallelujah. But see, heaven, earth is just a culling process. Earth is just a laboratory. We're going through this school and once we graduate, those that pass and get, we're going to go over beyond this place. Amen. You know right now humans can't really live and exist in outer space because there's something about the earth that when we're separated from the planet for too long we begin to die because the earth has an electromagnetic field that our body operates out of a bioelectrical field and we get, they can't solve the problem of life support. That's why they can't go way out and outer space because too far away from earth in an artificial environment they'll begin to die and they can't explain why yet. Because God ain't got you, give, you know he ain't give you a release from the planet yet that's why you need a glorified body to go out there. I can't get no help in here. Jesus had a glorified body. He traded in this earthly body and got a glorified body. He, he, get, he traded in his carbon-based body for an electric body, a body, an energy-based body. Come on, somebody. Yes, sir. How, else can you, how else can you explain a man that don't have no blood in his body walking and talking and breathing? Jesus emptied out all of his blood. He don't have no blood in his body. His blood has been poured out. So what's flowing through his veins? Glory is flowing through his veins. How else could he go up in the outer space and didn't need no spaceship? He didn't need to breathe. You need blood to breathe to put oxygen in your mind. Jesus don't need no blood to breathe. He got glory. His body's creating oxygen. Come on, somebody. The Bible says they were all in one place with all the doors closed and all the windows closed. And suddenly he appeared in their midst. They made it a point to let you know that the doors were closed and the windows were shut. And suddenly he was in there. Fear not. Come on, somebody. Super califragilistic! He had a body. Of another dimension, a body from another planet. That's what and Paul said, wait a minute, you got a body now that's being prepared to the heaven. So a body that's not been made with earthly hands, but a body that's prepared by God. The moment you get bored again, another body comes out the factory. Can I get any witness in here? We say, Well, where's when does God get the material to make another body? You know what? That's what the blood of Jesus is in heaven for. He's using that DNA from that blood to make brand new bodies for us in the eternity you know that just read the bible the blood of jesus is in heaven did you know that did you know the blood of jesus in heaven i'm already i'm just throwing around so i haven't started preaching yet the blood of jesus is in heaven on the mercy seat and it's speaking it's testifying active it's alive who else, anybody bad like you, who has got blood outside their body still talking and breathing? Your blood falls outside your body and somebody got to scrape it up with a scraper and analyze it on a microscope. But not Jesus' blood, it's speaking, it's talking, it's testifying. Hallelujah, it's living light. Woo, Jesus. how do you get blood like that? The blood of Jesus is liquid light. It's liquid word. It's the word made liquid. Everything that was ever created, heaven's most precious resource is the word of God. What's more precious, gold or the thing that makes the gold? Hallelujah. That's why diamonds and gold don't mean nothing in heaven. They cook it, the kids in heaven, the children that pay with it like rocks. It don't mean nothing. It's worthless. It's so much of it, it don't mean nothing. The most valuable thing in heaven is the word that creates all things. And for God so loved the world that he gave his word, the most valuable thing he had to redeem mankind. The very building block of the economy of the universe, he gave it to redeem mankind with it. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's why one man's blood can save everybody. It's worth more than anybody put together. <laughs> that fabulous, fantastic blood of Jesus is amazing and is speaking better things in the blood of Abel, calling for mercy. Hallelujah, Jesus. And from that blood that was once energy and light that came inside of a body and congealed and became liquid fluid inside of a man, he walked around for three, for 33 years until that containment seat was bursted and that blood came out. The angels captured that blood. Come on, somebody. Took it up into heaven and come on. He, he held on to it and then Jesus, when he got up, he took his own blood like the high priest and entered into heaven and took his blood saying, this same energy, this same power, this word that was once in heaven came and joined the earth, wrapped itself in flesh and now has come back. Now from heaven to earth, the cycle has been completed. The redemption testimony of mankind. That blood in heaven, says the cycle has been cleared. It says job complete. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And from that blood, he's taking DNA to create the new bodies for us.
2: My Lord.
1: Bodies that are both natural and spiritual. You ain't getting a spiritual body that you can't see like angels. You're getting a physical body. Hallelujah. He's going to take it from that fabulous blood and create new bodies. Science is just now catching up with God. God is way beyond science. He's super science, super genius. What a mighty God we serve. God's going to blow your mind. You wait. He's going to blow every circuit board in your brain when he gets through showing you what he can do. Turn to the book of Acts chapter 16 and verse number 6 is where we find the word of the Lord tonight. I'm not going to preach long. I'm going to have you out here before midnight, I promise. Amen. Night services, we don't know how they can go. Because only the people that really want to be here are here. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. God is so good. Acts chapter 16, verse number 6. I want to thank God for Pastor Joey. Amen. Pastor Joe Castillo, we thank God for him. And for his lovely wife, Sister Jade. And for all of you that have come in, all the saints, I appreciate you. Amen. Our God, man of God, Jim Montgomery, thank God for you and all the other saints that have come out. My good friend, the hurricane from down, from down Mississippi. Or is it over? It ain't down. It's over there in Mississippi. Amen. He drove all the way up here to be in our I meeting, him and his lovely wife and his children. We thank God for them. Amen. We got the young, they're young upon. I used to call them the SOPs. I said, he, I said, here come this. When they used to come to our church, I said, here come the SOPs. What does SOP mean? It means sons of the prophet. <laughs> so we're glad they made it out. Those kids have been prophesying already at two and three years accurately. Oh, well, they prophesy things. You better don't play, it'll come to pass. We saw it right in our church things. They came up out of the spirit and said things and came to pass. Well, oh my God, children prophesying. When you create a supernatural environment in your home full of the Holy Ghost, it gets on the kids. Amen. Hallelujah. We gotta change, we gotta create that atmosphere. It ain't just gonna happen by itself. Acts chapter 16, verse number six. And when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden, take note, pay attention. They were forbidden. Everybody say forbidden forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Wait a minute. I thought you said go into all the world. If you said go into all the world and preach the gospel, why are you telling me not in Asia? Listen. After they will come to Mysia, they are saved to go to Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not. Everybody say suffered them not. suffered them not. Here they go again. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, but the Spirit is telling them not to go here. He said don't go here and now don't go there. The Holy Spirit directing them where not to go. Brother Hagen used to say, sometimes you can go by as much as the Lord ain't saying as what he is saying. When you're, being, when you're following leadership from the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. And they passing by Mycia came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Hallelujah. There stood a man of Macedonia praying, prayed him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, he immediately, we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering. Now they gathered it together. They put the pieces together, what it says. Gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight I want to preach to you about breaking a principality. Maybe part one. Might get into it some more this week. We understand that if you've been living this life as a Christian for any time, you find out the most difficult thing is to be accurate being led by the Holy Ghost. Trying to discern what is God and what is not God. Trying to understand what exactly is God saying because there's a security that comes in knowing that you've heard from God. There's a, such a security that you'll face jail. You'll face prison. You'll face execution. You'll face, if you know that you know that God said it, being a believer, what won't you do? Somebody said if you knew you couldn't fail, what would, would you try? If you knew that God told you something, you'd wax bold. You wouldn't care what nobody said. God said it. I know God said it. But the problem with most of Christianity is that we have a bunch of Christians who are not led by the Spirit. They're not led. The highest attainment of the Christian walk is to be led by the Holy Ghost. And then the next thing is to obey it. That's another story altogether once God tells you. Sometimes God tells you stuff you don't want to do. Many times the Lord has told me things. I'm like, what? What? This ain't God. <laughs> I, this is pizza. That ain't the Lord. This, this is something else. This a, we want to dismiss it easily. But I know some people, though. God's always telling them stuff that they agree with. You ever notice some people like that? Everything God tells them is always falling in line perfectly with what they already want to do. Right. And I mean, God don't ever contradict And here I am over here. God's contradicting my plans, scrapping my plans, making me re- I'm like, what's wrong with me? It's like everything they get, God told us to go and be millionaires. Did he? <laughs> what? But your level of victory in life is depending on where you can be led. That's good. That's good. The greatest thing you can do is to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Yes, that causes your spirit, your in- internal man, to be regenerated. It literally means to be regeneed, genetically, to get a new genetic author to have a new genetic author of your spirit. Your spirit is just like you have a spiritual body just like you got a natural body. Right. And when you die, you don't look any different. You're not going to be more handsome. You're going to be the same person. Of course, you won't have no weight gain. You won't have that problem because I don't think spirits gain weight, I don't think. Well, how do you know? Well, the, Jesus told a parable. Understand something about parables. Parables are not fables. We get that confused. Fables are stories, fictitious stories told that have a moral to them, like Aesop's fable. Jesus never told fables, he told parables. Parables are true stories that have a moral to them. A lot of people think Jesus was just telling fables and telling them no, he he was the son of God. He didn't lie about anything. So when he told you a story about a man that died that was rich and went to Sheol, and there there was another man, a poor man, who died and went to abraham's bosom the place where righteous dead and there was a great gulf in between them and he could actually look over there and recognize lazarus and then we know there's somehow he looked something like he did when he was alive out of all the thousands of people is there he recognized lazarus and we also know he says let him take the tips of his fingers and dip them in some water and cool my tongue now if we don't know anything we know at least spirits have fingertips and tongues I'm going to take a real leap here and think if they got tongues and fingertips, they got fingers, they got hands, and they have a tongue, they got a head and a face, right? So that means they have a spiritual body that looks something like the natural body. I'm sure it doesn't age. I'm sure the paint doesn't fall off it. The scaffolds doesn't come off, I'm sure. But it's eternal. It's the spirit. It's the real you, the inner man. And if you have a spiritual body, you got a spiritual ear. And that spiritual ear is how you hear. Are you listening? And A lot of us, we spend more time fixing the outer man than we do the inner man. And then we suffer because our inner man is not in tune to hear what the spirit is saying. Jesus reveals the spiritual realm like nobody else ever in history. When he explores and brings these stories to life and he tells you that there is a spiritual body, you have a spiritual likeness. You are a spirit being. So if you have a spiritual body, I'm going to say I believe that all truth is parallel. I believe there are great parallels in, in truth. If you have a spiritual body, maybe you have spiritual DNA too. We just discovered what DNA was, what, 20, 30 years ago? Back in it's a new word they're throwing around DNA, genetics. We didn't know what that was. I know when I was a kid, I never heard what DNA was DNA, RNA. And then now they're saying they can break DNA down. When they open up one human strand, it's so long it can reach from heaven, it can reach from earth to the moon. Right. How much information they say is stored. One Russian scientist has even been able to store information inside DNA because it's so vast on a microscopic level. What genius thought of tiny microscopic blueprints? Because that's what DNA is it's a blueprint to build something. It tells you whether the eyes are going to be blue, whether they're going to be green, whether the hair is going to be this. It, te- it has all these designs in this matrix and it has life power in it that all it needs to do is connect with something else and pow, it starts shifting and forming and next thing you know, a baby's coming. Only God. And he gives us the ability to strike these rods and he says, you can procreate with me. I've already created the engine. All you got to do is strike the engine and turn it on. It's already working. And in this DNA, this spiritual, this physical DNA, then what's the spiritual DNA like? You see, when man fell in the garden... His body didn't die. It began to die. His spirit died, but not died like it stopped breathing and had succession of life ended. It died because it was separated from God. Because death in scripture, it means separation from God. It don't mean dying death. It means being cut off from God. They were cut off from the presence of God and could no longer eat from the tree of life and they were cast out of the garden and they began to die. And slowly but surely... Their physical body began to reflect what was done in their spiritual body. And then, then God comes in and says, wait a minute, before I throw you all out, Adam, you have ruined your seed. You have ruined your power to procreate. So I'm going to bring redemption through the seed of a woman because yours is messed up. I'm going to join my seed to a woman's seed, and that's what's going to cause the Redeemer to come. Because you ruined your seed. He was prophesying about Jesus coming. That's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin because he couldn't have the blood of Adam and he couldn't have the blood of any man because he wouldn't be able to redeem because the man's blood was corrupted so he had to come to the woman and he said after he told Mary, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and the thing that you're going to be conceiving is a holy thing. It's going to be called Emmanuel. Being born of a virgin ain't a fairy tale for Christmas. We don't tell this story because it sounds wonderful. It had to because God was talking science. Isn't it something? Before Maury Povich came along, the Bible was declaring that the blood comes from the father. You is the daddy. That's how accurately scientific, accurate the Bible was. Because the blood could not come from an earthly man. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was in the beginning was the Logos, L-O-G-O-L-S, the Logos. And the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God, and in him was life. And that life is the light that lights every man that cometh into the world. Behold, the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome the light. But the more, the greater the darkness, the brighter the light shined. He said, there was a man that came from God. His name was John. He wasn't that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. And the word, the logos became flesh and dwelt among us as the only begotten of the father full. He said, we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. He came into his own and they received him not. He was in the world and the world was made by him. I can't get no, you don't tell you what Jesus is, the world was made by him. And we beheld that glory. The life, that Logos light, that was life, I don't know how he did it. Being in a, an eternity in a realm beyond our understanding, no longer in a linear realm from point A to point B. No, a, a linear, a, a non-linear existence. Only quantum mechanics is trying to explain and understand what is. How does light and life? Light that is so much different from the light. It ain't sunlight. It ain't a fluorescent light. It's unnatural light. It's uncreated light. Light that has no origin other than itself. Light that shines because no other reason, because it chooses to. Consciousness light, sentient light, light that is unlimited in its ability to create whatever it desires to create and this light became flesh this light slowed down You know, light moves at a certain speed. This light slowed down and fell through the space-time continuum, dropped inside the belly of a woman and congealed into blood. Liquid light flowing through this man. So powerful was this light. Guess what? The DNA, you imagine the blueprints. In the beginning was the blueprint. And the blueprint was with God. The blueprint was God. All things were made. Everything, a tree, the roots, a quasar, a black hole. All these things were in the schematics in the blueprint of the Logos and it was all walking around inside of Jesus. No wonder when people bumped into him, eyeballs came in, backs came in because he had the blueprint of everything that was ever made inside of them. That's why Jesus is the only healer. Buddha bully didn't heal nobody. Muhammad never healed nobody. Christian never healed nobody. Only Jesus restored those things that were lost. My Lord. Hallelujah. He told you, do you believe I'm able to do this for you? they say yes so why you had to believe because he was a man from another planet he was a king from another planet and as an ambassador he had diplomatic immunity no man takes my life but I lay it down they couldn't touch him because the laws of earth didn't apply to him I can't get no help in here for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the word begotten son in the Greek is the word monogene or mono, mono, uh, mono monogenes, which means superior gene which means unique gene which means super gene for but God so loved the world that he gave his only unique super gene that whoever would believe on this gene would be re gene a When you got born again, you didn't just shake a pastor's hand and join a church. You got regenerated. Your spirit that was dead in Adam came alive in the second man, Adam, and now you are called the new creation. Quit telling me I'm an old sinner saved by grace. I was an old sinner, but I got saved by grace, and now I'm something different. I'm a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He didn't make me a new old sinner. He didn't make me a brand new sinner. He made me a new creation. Hallelujah. Look what Jesus did to you. A new creation. Hallelujah. Spun from the loins of the second man, Adam. And now your spirit, your spiritual man has been regenerated. And the Bible says the proof of it, he gives the earnest of the spirit. Earnest money. Anybody ever had to buy a house? You had to give earnest money. That means you got some skin in the game. You want this you want to tie this house up on the market? You got to put some real money down on it because if you don't do it you're going to lose this money. It's an incentive to keep you in it. No pulling from the table at the last minute. You got 10 grand down. The Bible says that he gave us the earnest down payment with the Holy Ghost. That's why I don't understand all these non-Holy Ghost filled churches. Don't believe in speaking in tongues. Don't believe in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the down. God said, I got five on it. God said, I got something down. I'm putting something in here that is going to guarantee you that I'm coming back. That's why people falter and fall out of church and don't know whether they're saved or not because they have not been filled. They have not been baptized. They haven't had a real encounter with the Holy Ghost because when you've been regenerated and you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost God has put a down payment on you that's letting you know if I put a down payment I'm coming back for you and guess what when I come back I'm going to give you a body that's made from the same DNA that birthed your eternal spirit and the outside is going to match the inside Woo! And you'll never die when I do that to you he that believeth on me shall not perish the DNA mystery. Why is DNA? Why did God allow this revelation to come about at the very time in these ages? The Bible says in Hebrews, Jesus appeared once at the end of the world, the end of the world. Hebrews said he appeared. Well, actually it's the end of the age. He closed up the age of the old Testament. Many times when he's talking about in the last days. He's talking about the last days of the old covenant. He poured it out in the last days, taking us into the new covenant, a new and living way, being born again. And this is how you are able to hear from God because you got a born again spirit and out of your spirit, it cries Abba. Romans chapter eight, he talks about, he said, the spirit in you cries out daddy. You could be dumb as a bag of hammers. You can't be so dense that you don't know when to come in out of the rain. But if you've been born again, And you have the new creation spirit inside of you. Your little spirit is crying. Daddy. I don't care what the devil throws at you. You can feel like quitting and feel like giving up. But when you lay in the bed at night, something on the inside of you knows that I sure still love Jesus. I still call him father. Father God in heaven. I don't understand what's going on with me. I don't know what's happening with me. But Father God. See, it's that little voice that when you first get saved, it's the strongest voice you got. Because when you first get saved, you get ready to go back to your old ways. And that voice says, ah, you can't do that no more. And if you do it, you fall down, repent immediately. But you got to be in church for a while to get used to it where you start ignoring it. You get a good dose of religion. And after a while, it gets harder and harder to hear that witness. And Paul called it the Holy Spirit bearing witness with my spirit. You know, in the old days on the streets, when somebody did something really cool or really sweet or really great, and you were with your friends, and both of y'all were laughing or having a good time, you didn't have time to say, that was great, that was great. Did you think that was great? No, we would do, we would walk over to them and say, (laughs) ha, ha. Give me five. We we would bear witness. The Holy Spirit is high-fiving your spirit. Not in words, but something beyond words. He's high-fiving, bearing witness that you are the child of God. And that same witness is the voice that you're led by. Let me tell you, the Bible says Paul is, you thought I forgot about Paul. Paul was going through the area looking for where to go. Now he had received the mandate, go into all, everybody say, go into all the world. All the world means all the world. What part of the world is not included in all the world? You understand that, right? Go in. Wait a minute. Go into all the world. So guess what Paul does? He obeys the first mandate. I'm going into all the world. See, a lot of times we don't understand. We want God to tell us exactly where to go, but we aren't going anywhere. See, the Bible says the Holy Ghost is a helper, not a do-it-for-you. When you start obeying the first mandate... He begins to tailor make direction for you, but when you ain't trying to do nothing, see if you see if you are not doing anything, the Holy Ghost can't help you do nothing. You got to be whatever your hand finds. You got to get busy and do something, and then He'll begin to tailor make direction for you. When you don't obey the first mandate, I tell people want to hear God, they want visions, they want dreams, want Jesus to appear. I said, you don't want Jesus to appear to you. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Because if He appears to you, you ain't got no choice now. You ain't got no floundering and flip-flopping and wandering. See, when you're out there, when you're looking through a glass darkly and maybe God said, let me pray a little while, you got time to catch up. It's better to be two steps behind God than one step in front of him. But when Jesus appeared to you, now you ain't got no choice. You better get your hips. You better do what God tells you to do, and you better do it now, or it's going to be consequences. And your lazy life that you don't even pray, read the word, and obey God says you probably won't obey God even if Jesus appears to you. Because you ain't diligent in the little things. Here's the thing. As they were, go- they were obeying the first mandate to go into all the world, as they were doing that, then the Holy Spirit said, not this place, <laughs> forbid them to go. How did he do it? By the inner witness. He did it by the lack of peace. The closer they got to the city, they just, the peace just kept. The Bible says follow peace with all men. The closer they got to disobeying and going the wrong way, they started losing more peace. Not in their head, not in their emotions, but because they were bent on going. And the Holy Spirit was forbidding them. The Holy Ghost didn't show up and say, "Now goest thou not down. He didn't do that. They had a witness. He forbid them to go. Sometimes, you know what, we're always talking about how people go places get killed and things happen to them and bad things happen to people. Do you know the simple solution to all that is everybody get filled with the Holy Ghost and get led by the Spirit. You wouldn't go down no street. You wouldn't be caught nowhere getting killed, shot, nothing because you'd be led by the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all went the wrong way. Some of y'all were driving down the street one day, getting ready to go down the street and go down there. And you just felt like, I shouldn't go this way. But I go here every day. I'm going to do it today. Get down there, traffic jam for five hours. And the first thing you say, something told me not to go down this street. God was trying to keep you from getting held up. Because if you're really his servant, your time is his time. But we don't know how to listen to something. Because we're so busy listening to the flesh and our emotions and our feelings. And it drowns out the inner witness. That's the number one way God wants to lead you, not with dreams, not with visions, not with angels appearing to you. Because guess what? The devil can dress up as an angel. The devil can dress up in dreams and he can make all kind of stuff appear to you to trick you. But there's one thing that he can't trick, and that's the inner witness. You know why? Because you've been sealed to the day of redemption. There's an unbreakable seal on your spirit. You can't be tricked because the Bible says you have an anointing that teaches you all things, and it will not lie, neither will it allow you to be lied to. Because the spirit of truth, when he has come, he's going to lead you and guide you. Is this good yet? This spiritual leading, people have neglected it and lives have been destroyed. One thing about God I found, he's good. He'll train you first before he gets you to the main event. Before he lets you face Goliath, he'll let you get a lion down your belt. He'll let you get a bear under you. Ain't God all right? But if you can't win against a bear and against a lion, you can forget about Goliath. Here they go, obeying the word. See, there's so many people that want supernatural leadership. They don't understand that the inner witness, the little simple peace and no peace, that is just as supernatural as if Jesus peeled back reality and stepped and said, don't marry, Johnny it's just as supernatural. Brother Hagan used to say something very powerful. People are looking for the spectacular and miss the supernatural because the supernatural is casual. Supernatural, when your spirit feel, it's supposed to be natural to you to be supernatural. I remember one of the times I got the first word of knowledge I ever got one time was standing in the line of Kentucky Fried chicken I was getting ready to order me a breast and two wings. Y'all didn't help me in here. I was standing I was looking. I'm going to get a breast and a wing. And I was standing there and a word of knowledge came to me about the woman behind the counter about a band. I said, what happened to her head? She got a band. And the Lord told me what happened to her. And and I'm sitting there saying, this is just my imagination. When I got to the count, I said, did you She said, yes, how did you know that? Why does he give you a word of knowledge? Because he wants you to win somebody. If your purpose is not to do his will, what's he going to give you words of knowledge and prophecy for? You can't even win souls. You ain't interested in winning souls. What's he going to give you prophecy and words of knowledge for? Because you ain't going to do nothing with it. It was so casual. Like somebody just stood there and said, what? Say what? You know, and it was just because it's. For believers, new creation, you are a supernatural being. Stop thinking yourself as human. You're not human no more. You're a new species. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're supposed to be supernatural. Even the leading the still small voice is supernatural. It's just as supernatural as the thunder. See the Old Testament the Jews were led by the cloud by day and the fire by night. They trumpets blew. They had to have all these external things to lead them so they wouldn't get it wrong. But now God doesn't lead by the external. That's why you can't put out fleeces and and challenge this. And No. He's leading you from the inner Light on the inside of you. The Bible says the candle of the Lord, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord and it lights up the innermost parts of the belly. Yes, sir. I'm going to say something you might not like. You don't qualify for extra supernatural leadership when you won't obey the first mandate. That's right. Come on. Come on. When you can't do what the words say do without lights, camera, and action. When you can't do love your enemy. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that despitefully use you. When you can't follow the basic word of God and follow that leadership, you don't get to graduate to supernatural. But when you obey the word of God, when you're doing all you know that God told you by His word, now when it comes time for extra leadership, the inner witness kicks in. The GPS system comes in. The internal guidance system of the Holy Ghost. I'm getting ready to obey I'm going to all the world. Up, oh, don't go this way. Well, let me see. It's like water seeking whichever way. I'm going this way now. Up, oh, don't go. The Holy Ghost said he suffered them not to go here. He forbid them to go there. And sometimes you have to learn how to stop and just regroup and quit trying to do stuff until you wait on God. He said, well, we didn't try it two times. Let's just take a nap. He took a nap and a dream came. A man from Macedonia said, come over here and help us. Paul jumped him and said, I got a word from the lord he said he said they gathered they gathered together that they had heard from god My lord. god wants you to ponder what he tells you to do he wants you to put the math and do it they gathered this must be god and they went to macedonia only and it is a movie called only in america it's only in macedonia They went down into Macedonia, and what did they find? A whole city that was under the bondage of a principality. God wanted them to go in there and bust a principality for him. But see, everybody wants to shake nations. Everybody wants to be a part of great revival. But are you willing to go through to go to? Are you willing to endure things? To, because see, everything in will be you speaking to the mountain is going to obey you. Sometimes you're going to have to suffer indignation. Sometimes you might have to get put in jail. They might have to break your services up sometime. I can't get no help in here. See, in the Western church, we live in this nice cushion and cocoon of all these rights and bill of rights and freedom. But you go to other nations, they don't have that kind of stuff. They got supernatural guidance to go to Macedonia and they get in town and what is Paul's habit? See, this is why it's so important what kind of spiritual habits you have. He says in the next verse, it says in chapter 14, it says, and a certain woman, a seller of purple, Lydia, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things that were spoken of by Paul. Well, you have to understand first of all, they didn't have no temple there to worship, so the people would often and gather around the shore of the ocean or the lake or the rivers. Wherever there was running water was the place where people meditated. Oftentimes you read in the Old Testament that Daniel stood by the river bank. People went where there was nature to get in contact and they would meditate upon God. And they were there. And see, people would gather by the ocean shore to pray. Guess what? Paul's habit was to go wherever folks were praying because he was a praying person. He went to the shore and he met a woman. See, that's what's wrong with so many of us is that we're never around the places where God's people are gathered, the activity, spiritual activity is taking place. When we should be in church, we somewhere else. When we should be in prayer meetings, we are somewhere else. We're always obeying the flesh and doing what the flesh does. But Paul said, no, we don't know the next step to make, so we better go to prayer. He went to prayer and bumped into a woman who, the Bible says, the Lord had opened her heart. Oh, You see, witnessing becomes easy when you're in the right place at the right time. you over there trying to witness the people who are hard-headed, stupid, foolish, blind in one eye, can't see out the other. you trying to tell them about Jesus. They're not listening. But guess what? There's somebody laying in their bed at night wondering about God. There's somebody out here just looking through life trying to figure out how does it all make sense? Is there a God? Who is the right one? Somebody has questions. Somebody. God is wrestling with them and dealing with them. And all he's waiting for is somebody who's on a mission being led by the Holy Ghost to bump into them as they go to prayer. And they bump into this woman and she got money. She ain't broke. She's an industrious woman. Got her own business. Back then houses were big. And all of a sudden Paul establishes his mission headquarters. In the first few days of getting in the city, he gets a woman who's big enough to take him and his evangelistic party into the house. And so he stays with her. Because the Lord had opened her heart. You want to ask God to lead you to people who he's dealing with. Not just, you see, it's all right to knock on doors and leave door knockers. It's all right to be like Jehovah Witness and pester and bother people. But see, when you're led by the Holy Ghost, God will lead you to the aisle in the supermarket right by somebody. He'll lead you to the right place. He'll, he'll order, he'll, will only he do it, he'll order your steps to run into somebody that you may not understand Greek and Hebrew. But he'll have somebody who's right on your level that you can talk to and witness about I don't know about you, but all I know is I was blind, but now I see. All I know is I was bound by cocaine, but I ain't bound no more. I can't tell you nothing, but I know what I've experienced. Your testimony. The Bible said the testimony of Jesus is the spirit behind prophecy. When you start telling people what you've experienced with Jesus, you ain't got to know it all, but you got to have a real testimony what he saved you. When you start telling your testimony, it stirs up prophecy. Oh, next thing you know, God will show you an ankle. He'll show you a back. He'll show you something about somebody because now you're testifying of Jesus. It stirs up prophecy. I'm almost done. Aren't you glad? can't take much more of this. (laughs) And they sell it. So now he's got a place to stay. He's got room and board. Lydia's hooking him up. Everybody say it's a hookup in prayer meetings. He got hooked up at the prayer meeting. God came through. Now he's establishing his front like a warrior, like a king, like a strategist. You establish your first land. He, he gained a territory in her house. Come on, somebody. And then the next thing he says, well, it says in the 16th verse, as the next day, as it was his custom, they went to prayer. Uh, you see, Paul here, he didn't stop. See, if you don't have good prayer custom, if you don't have a custom of prayer and seeking God, and a custom of getting alone with God, you're going to miss out on many things that God wants to do. It has to be a custom. Acts chapter 6 16, verse 16, and it came to pass as he went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed of the spirit of divination met us. The first time he went to prayer, he met a godly woman who God had opened her heart. The next time he went to prayer, he met a woman who was bound with a devil. You never know what's going to happen when you go to a Holy Ghost prayer meeting. You never know what you're going to meet. When you go to church, you, you find people are carrying all kinds of stuff with them. He met her on the way to prayer. Does that make sense? Does that that jump out to anybody? On his way to prayer, he met the next event that was going to be the catalyst to citywide revival. And he didn't even know it. He met a woman that was so popular that all the rich guys had paid her. She was a slave girl. She was under their control. And the whole city was mesmerized by the spirit of divination. The principality was over that city ruling those people. And they came to her. What does it say it? It says, she, it says that she gave her masters much gain by saying. He runs into somebody. Now, the spirit of divination. Now, are you ready for this one? This one's heavy. The spirit of divination, divining. Divining is an old way of saying witchcraft. Speaking to spirits and getting information illegal. You see, the spiritual realm is like an Internet. It's all kind of information. It all depends on what you're, who your provider is. When you get out there on the net, you can get all kind of information, but it depends on who is your provider. Is you going by way of the Holy Ghost or are you going by some other spirit? Balaam the prophet could hear from God and if God wasn't saying what he wanted he'd go consult other spirits my friend was with he's a clother he buys clothes for rich people you know sometimes rich people don't like shopping they hire somebody to buy their clothes isn't that nice me I want to go through that stuff and look at every piece as you can see But he goes and buys clothes. He told me, he said, guess what? I said, what? He said, I was in Florida, and I went to a man who they call the father of whispers. I said, what in the heck is that? He said, he's a voodoo ephah shaman. He said, he hired me to come in. He said, while I was there, a drug cartel guy came in with a suitcase full of money and laid it on the floor. And he would come and see this witchcraft. And he would look. He He said, he took him back in the back room. He said, I started shaking. I was like, oh, my God. Gave him a bunch of money and they would come see this man and he would discern and divine. Tell them about who his enemies were and all these other stuff. He would pay millions of dollars. He was getting rich for his stuff. And he said he looked like a bishop in a church. He wore a white suit. And when they had service, all of them wore white. Like it was a church revival service. But they were into Ephah spiritual voodoo. He said, I was scared. He said, after that, he said, wait one minute. He said, this session won't last long. When he came back out, he was waiting there. This guy was rich. He had butlers. He had people waiting. He's sitting there like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? And the man, the drug cartel guy came out. didn't pay no attention to him. Just went out the door. He said, come on in. He said, I'm ready to see you. And he knew my friend was scared. He said, don't be afraid. I know you're, I know you're scared. Relax. I mean you no harm. And he said, what's going on in here? There was a bowl, a gold bowl in the middle of the room in there. He said, in that bowl, he said, he said, in that bowl, once I do the right movements and incantations and sacrifices, he said, the images come up in the bowl and I see, and I see for people. And my friend is sitting there and he said to him, this is mind blowing. He said to him, I know that you follow Jesus. I know that you're a Christian. And my friend said, he said, that's okay. He said, I know Jesus is real. He said, the problem is I can't get Jesus to do the things I want Jesus to do. So I talk to other spirits who will. In their world, they think that Jesus is just another spirit, another principality to talk to. You choose to worship him. He said, but I'll go get somebody who will do what I want done. He said, and this is what he said to him. He said, and I know Jesus is real, but Jesus won't get along with the other spirits. He won't allow anybody else to be with him. He's wall or nothing. He's first and he's last. If you're going to consult with me, you can't consult with nobody else. (laughs) This woman had a spirit of divinity. The word divination in the Greek means pythonos, python. Now, how does she have a python spirit? What is a python? I know we buy the people the python spirit to give you all the stuff and they give you buy, sell your tape series on how to get free from python. You know people buy but the basic of it is is in that culture there was a woman there was a person called the Oracle Adelphi. She was known to give out Sang wisdom and fortunes. And guess what? They had to be true because if they, if they weren't real, nobody would pay her for it. And she couldn't have a whole city captivated. Well, she was one. She was this. She was the, the, the Python, Pythonos, or Python. You see, there was a god by the name of Apollos. Apollos was the god of the sun. And the sun was, they didn't have no fluorescent light back then. The sun was the greatest light that all of ancient world knew. And see, Jesus said, when the night has come, no man can work. Now, we can work all night because we have fluorescent lights but back then the light was the sun was the greatest light and they said because the light of the sun gives us the ability to see our direction so since apollos is the god of the sun then he's also the god of divination to give us spiritual illumination and anyone that was said to possess the ability to tell fortunes was possessed by the spirit of apollos The problem with a python. There are two kinds of snakes. A python is different from a venomous snake. There's venomous snakes, and then there are constrictors. A venomous snake carries venom, carries poison or venom, and he bites you and it kills you. It attacks your body and you die from a bite like a viper. But a constrictor doesn't kill you by a bite. A constrictor has to be much more slick and much more cunning because he moves slowly. You have to sit still for a python. You have to either be asleep for a python. You have to be unaware because if you see a a python, who's going to sit here and let a python take his time to roll up around you if you have any sense? But a python doesn't kill by striking. He kills by smothering. He gets up on you. And as you breathe in, he tightens up. And every time you breathe in, he tightens up to the point where you can no longer breathe out. And you suffocate. And then his back, his jaw becomes unhinged. And like he drops his jaw and he fits his head over one end until his whole body expands like a suitcase. And he fits his whole body. They have seen in the jungle the anacondas and the pythons swallowing deers. And it's so big, they just sit there for a month in that one spot, digesting the food because they can't move because it's so big. And the thing about a python is that once it engulfs you and takes up you, your life is over. You are now a part of python. Guess what? You ain't going in the direction that you would have gone. You're going in the direction python going now. It's a spirit that arrests your direction. It's a spirit that stagnates you and engulfs you and swallows you up. And it does it by suffocation. Because when people start listening to soothsayers and you get hooked on having somebody tell you the future, you got a tall, dark stranger coming. Is he really? You're not going to be single all your life. I see a handsome man. He's And you meet a handsome guy and say, it's just like what he told me. And you marry that devil and get him home and find out that he's a devil. And it's the worst thing you've ever done. And you gotta go back to the soothsayer and they tell you something else, and that seems true. And they get you hooked. And the more the more you follow that spirit of divination, it begins to control your life and direct your life. And you're no longer being led by the true light. You're being led by a false light. This spirit of false leadership had conquered the whole city. And the whole city, she was famous. But see, the thing about it is she was smarter than the rest of the devils who cried out and screamed out, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know, but who are you? No, this devil said, Paul, these men are the great men of God. Y'all better listen to them. The interesting thing about this devil is it didn't come against it. Why? Well, if you can't beat it, join it. And we find that the spirit of Python is even operating today. It is even joined churches in America. It's totally shifting the trajectory, totally shifting the motivation of the church, turning it into a club, a place to meet friends, a place to get along and have fun, a place to relax yourself, a place to make you be at ease and sleep inside. No longer a call for mission, no longer a call to do the work of the ministry. Just come in here and listen to the music and relax yourself and have a good time. And that same spirit, guess what? You gotta be careful when you let folks attach themselves to you in ministry. Because people, I found out in 30 years of ministry, the people that come in the door talking about how great I am and how wonderful I am are the biggest ones that betray me. The ones who come in saying, ooh, I ain't never seen an anointing like this before. And see, if you got the wrong spirit, you'll get it'll go to your head. You ain't never seen yes, you haven't seen an anointing like mine before. I am the apostle. Yes, I am, I am the, the I am the bright and morning star. Yes, and see, if you let them talk you into it, they'll attach themselves to you. And next thing you know, they'll be in the kitchen giving prophecies or something. Somebody they'll be in the tape room, and every time they hand out one of your tapes, they're handing out one of their prophecies on the side, getting witchcraft, trying to gain control of the people. And the next thing you know, they're having prayer meetings at the house and they're praying against you. They're, oh, we gotta pray because the pastor got a wrong spirit on him. We gotta pray against the spirit, and there you know and What you don't know is that they're trying to gain ascendancy and to take control. That's what Python does. That's why you better be careful. I'm not gonna let you build me up. I'm not gonna let you begin to tell me something I'm not. I know who I am. Am. I'm not the end. I'm not anything. I'm just a messenger. I'm just sent by Jesus. I'm not gonna let you blow my head up and tell me that I'm something other than I am. I'm just a water boy. I'm just here to deliver a message. And when I hear a spirit trying to exalt me, I know to be careful. Not all of them. Some of them are. Some people are real. They don't have a demon when they're talking. But this devil began to call Paul. The man of God. Now that blows your revelation where the devil can't tell the truth. Sure the devil can tell the truth when it's wrapped in another lie when there's a bigger lie, he'll tell enough truth to get you to believe it. It's like rat poison. It's 90% cheese but 10% strychnine. He tells you enough truth to get you involved and then it's that partner to kill you. He said, here are these great men of God. And the Bible says she followed him. Watch out now. The Bible says he followed him. The Bible says she followed him for many days. See, some of y'all demon busters. Y'all think the church is like ghostbusters. You got deliverance clubs following demons and looking to cast out devils. I used to have folks like that. They have bags and pull out bags and cough the devil up, I'm going to take you to deliverance. and We got people who are fascinated about demons like it's some type of game, like Dungeons and Dragons, or they're doing church like Warcraft, going from one level to the next level, all this nonsense. But the real truth of the matter is, is Paul didn't jump right away and attack that devil. Why did he turn? Because he didn't know. He didn't know what spirit was manifested. Sometimes you have to wait a while and give a little time to find out what the spirit, if the Holy Ghost doesn't show you, after a while the fruits will become manifest. But the Bible says he kept on walking and kept on. After many days she was following his men. He hadn't let her yet join the ministry, but she was hanging on. Pastor, you got to watch folk that won't join but want to hang around. you got to watch people who are not willing to come on somebody in here that want to be a part of everything but they're not willing to serve the vision of the house. you got to be careful of people like that. She was walking around telling everybody, oh, these are great men of God. Guess what? And people begin to come and follow Paul and listen to him because of what she said. But see, the thing about it is God don't never need the devil to give him PR. God doesn't ever want the enemy to be the one to broadcast his services. I can't get no witness in here. And the Bible said after he had followed her, she followed him for many days, the Bible said one day he got grieved where? In his spirit. He got grieved in his spirit. Not in his head, not in his emotions, but in his spirit. And the Bible said he turned to her and said, you foul, unclean spirit in the name of Jesus come out of her. And the Bible said they didn't wrestle for five hours. They didn't have a deliverance meeting that went on till 5 o'clock in the morning. No, the devil came out of her and she could no longer tell the future. Quit telling that lie that you were born with a veil over your eyes. Quit telling people you were born with a gift. You weren't born with a supernatural gift. That was a devil. When that devil got cast out, she could no longer tell fortunes. And when her masters heard that their money, all their hope of gain was gone, they threw Paul and his man in jail. I didn't locked them up because they cast out the devil. Whenever you start dealing with the devil, whenever you start challenging the enemy that's trying to hold territory, guess what? They're going to come gunning for you. They're going to lie on you They're going to try to block you And constrain you They might even try to throw you in jail But you got to be like Paul At midnight No matter what they do to you It's time to open your mouth up And begin to praise God Can you imagine being in jail After you had a dream to tell you to go to a city. I guess Paul was sitting and said, Lord, what's up? You told me to come here. You wouldn't let me go there. You wouldn't let me go here. But the place you told me to go, they beating my behind and throwing me in jail. What is up with that? Sometime when you're obeying God, You don't understand all the hell you go through. You don't understand the persecution you go through. You don't know why folks are turning on you. People you've helped, people you've blessed begin to turn on you as you do the will of God. But don't you be distressed by that. you got to be like the example that's in Scripture. The Bible said they was locked up and their hands were locked up. The devil said, I'm going to stop you from raising your hands. And then he put their feet in stocks and said, I'm going to stop the running in your feet. I know how you Pentecostals like to run when you're in trouble. I know how you like to lift your hands When you praise God But guess what There was one key element That the devil did not lock up Their hands was in stocks Their feet were in stocks But the Bible said Paul looked over at Silas And he sung songs at midnight In the innermost part of the jail You see you're going through for a reason Everything you go through Is not all about you There's somebody watching your witness There's somebody watching you go through and the way you respond to what you go through is going to determine whether you're going to have a jailbreak situation. The Bible said they begin to sing Saul. I want you to pay attention to the text. The Bible said when their mouths came open When their mouths begin to open The doors begin to open The locks begin to open The shackles begin to open I just believe That if you begin to open your mouth All the doors that have been locked
2: All the things that have been changing you When your mouth come open The doors come open Maybe the doors aren't opening Because your mouth is not open It's time to open your mouth And bless the Lord Give God glory in the jail cell. Somebody is listening
1: to your praises. Somebody's listening to the way you lift your hands up. There's
2: a power that's being released in your worship. Woo! Hallelujah! Woo. When
1: their mouths open, turn me up a little bit more volume. When their mouths open, the doors open yes, They locked up everything but their mouth. Couldn't raise their hands. Couldn't dance. Couldn't shout. But Paul said, "That's all right. I still got a mouth, and this mouth is connected to a new creation heart, and I'm getting ready to sing praises." He says, "Silence. What's that song we used to sing when we was kids? Lift up your heads, O oh ye gates." and be uplifted you everlasting doors for the king of glory shall come in and he that shall come will come and he will not they begin to sing the songs of Zion it didn't say an angel came it didn't say Jesus came it said the prison began to shake and the door shook loose because, see, you're trying to, see, well, I'm going to go seek the Lord. Let me tell you something. If you know how to worship, you ain't got to seek Him because the Bible says the Father seeketh such that worship Him. I'm getting ready to go look for the Lord. He ain't lost. You ain't got to look for Him. What you ought to do is lift up your hands where you are and begin to worship Him even if you're in the deep dungeon, even if it's after midnight and everybody going to bed. It don't matter. If you begin to worship Him, the Father will seek you out. He will come to where you are. And when He walks in the room, doors swing open. Chains fall off. doors break off the brackets. And not only your doors, but all the prisoners' doors. See, your deliverance, there are so many
2: people that are tied to your deliverance. When you get delivered, you can set other people free. The
1: Bible says all the prisoners' doors are Not just Paul. Everybody's door. And then the warden came out. Now in those days, a warden was a powerful person that kept the jail. He was a high city official. He came in and what's going on? He thought he thought he was getting ready to get his head cut off. He thought he was getting ready to die. And Paul said, don't worry. We're all in here. Nobody's left. And when he saw that the jail had rocked, jailhouse rocked, when he saw that the chains had been broken, God opened his heart and he became a believer. And now the kingdom of God advanced with a city official that had authority and power. And now God is breaking the principality over that city through their obedience. Are you willing to suffer? Not as a sinner, but are you willing to suffer for unrighteousness? For righteousness sake. Are you willing to take the hits and even be embarrassed? See me, I'd have been sitting there in the jail with my behind and back busted open with whips with my hands in stocks thinking I could have been in Mysia, sipping on some iced tea. I could have been in Bithynia. Any one of those places the Holy Ghost told me not to go but he told me to go to the place where I was going to get my tail whooped and thrown in jail. I would begin to second guess whether I heard from God because you know in our modern thinking, we think ain't nothing supposed to oppose us if we're in the will of God. Ain't nothing supposed to go wrong if we're in the will of God. Can you imagine the psychological stuff that was going on in the head? All day long, the warfare. You missed God. You should have went to Mysia. You missed God. You had two chances, and you couldn't get it right. You picked the one and got your tail beaten, thrown in jail. And now you're going to probably die. Who knows what's getting ready to happen? The devil was talking to them, man. I tell you, the devil came in like a lawyer with his briefcase and sat down and went to work on them, boy. Because you know Why? Because that's what he do to you. He does it to you. If he did it to you, no, he's doing it to them. But somewhere in the battle, the psychological battle, the psychological warfare of that day, Paul's revelation of Jesus won out over the strongholds. And imaginations and high things that Satan was throwing. He began to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Paul began to turn it. And he started doing casting down imaginations. Half of your job is casting down false imaginations. He was in that jail all day. Casting down imagination after imagination. How many of us. If we didn't go here and didn't go there but went here and got in trouble, how many of us would second guess was this really God? <laughs> I mean, how, was this really God to be here to get beaten and thrown in jail? I don't think the Lord wants me to say, I'm, I'm a prosperity preacher. This is not supposed to happen to me. I'm word of faith. I confess it and I blab it and grab it and call it and haul it. I'm, I'm about to decree and declare. I mean, I'll just listen. But it did happen to him. I don't believe in unnecessary suffering. I don't believe in suffering for unrighteousness. And I don't believe in suffering at the hands of the devil for stuff that I'm not supposed to suffer. But there is a tribulation. There is difficulties that come to you as you try to obey the will of God. As you try to discern what God is saying from your flesh and from your emotion. And try to discern what the devil is trying to tell you to do. The real warfare is not fighting devils. The devil has been defeated. I remember folks was going up in planes back in the 90s to do warfare with helicopters over the city. We're going to call them down, brother, them principality. We're going to break them. Oh, I know another one. We're going to go into a spiritual warfare. We got warring tongues. We're warring. That Bible was like, he that you're speaking in no tongue, you don't know what you're saying. You were saying the same thing. You would be saying calmly. I need a vacation. Lord, please. You just saying it loud, I need a vacation, that's all. But you're warring. How you know what you're doing? You're gonna pull down Principality. What you gonna pull them down here for? What are they gonna do when they get down here? I'm gonna pull them down. War. I was at a church one time and right here in Tulsa. I was in Bible school. Went up to the church and they, they were talking about the roar in the spirit. And I went in, this Pentecostal folk. You know, they're wild, so I was prepared for anything. And all of a sudden, they said, there's a roar in the spirit. I said, okay. They were. He said, these are the roaring 90s, like the roaring 20s. This is the roaring 90s. He said, turn to your neighbor and roar. And two people turned to me and said, "Rah!" I said, roar. <laughs> I said, let me get the heck out of here. These, these lunatics in this church. It was, I mean, it, it was going in with the roaring. I said, boy, I know the devil sits back and falls back in his chair laughing at church folk. <laughs> he, they literally turned to me on board. Rah! I mean, the face is everything. Rah! I was like, what was that supposed to do? We're warring and we're roaring. The devil has already been defeated. Jesus has conquered him forever I ain't fighting the devil no no I may wrestle with him every now and then, but I ain't fighting. He just don't want to go down. See, I'm the cleanup crew. Jesus has dropped the nuclear bomb on the devil. I'm the cleanup crew to come in after Jesus and sweep up the damage. Y'all ain't helped me. I'm not here fighting devils. The devil has already been defeated. Spiritual warfare is not fighting devils. Spiritual warfare is spirit over mind and mind over body. Spirit casting down imagination. That's what warfare is. Strongholds aren't devils. Imaginations aren't devils. High things are They're the weapons the devil uses against us. They're the wiles of the Satan. Warfare is dealing with the way you think. And trying to keep somebody from giving you the wrong information. And don't find yourself among a bunch of soothsayers. Disguised as an intercessory prayer group. They'll have you marry and goofy people that ain't saved. They'll prophesy people in your life. They'll have you doing all kinds of stupid stuff. If the Lord would say that the Lord would say. Why well, don't He just say it if He would say it? The Lord would say unto you, and yea, I, yeah, even I, even I. What? He was at a church one time, in old down in North Carolina, and one country mother got up, and the church was already on its last leg; it was dying already. There's just, just no glory in the house. It was just time to close shop. And she walked in, and she said, "I, the Lord, am not in this place. I have written Michelob across the top of this church." Michelob did you mean Ichabod I said mother must have been drinking Michelob before she came to church I've written Michelob across the top of this church Michelob it sounded right let's <laughs> turn this place into a barn <laughs> you gotta be careful with the prophetic some people get crazy until you obey the word of God that's spoken to you that you can understand. You don't qualify for supernatural direction. When you seek supernatural direction beyond obeying the word of God, you get out of the dangerous territory and open yourself up familiar spirits to lie to you and deceive you. But Paul walked out being led by the Spirit. He went here to suicide. The Holy Ghost gave him a check, no peace. Went that way, no peace. Had a dream, got peace about going. And the place he got peace was the place he got whooped and beaten. What a glorious victory to cast the devil out in front of the whole city. And the whole city is in an uproar of the mighty power of God. But you think getting demons out would make everybody happy. But not when money's involved, the God of mammon was involved. They took him and locked him and put him to after they had whooped him they put him in jail what type of psychological warfare was going on all day poor paul poor silas but in the end his revelation of jesus won out over the imaginations and he began to do what true believers do when we don't know what else to do we lift our hands he couldn't lift his hands so he lifted his mouth and began to sing praises and as he begin to worship God, see, worship doesn't mean so much when everything's going great for you. Worship isn't as delicious to God when you when you got all the reasons to praise him because everything is going your way. God loves the worship that you don't want to give. God loves the worship when you're doubting whether you're saved or not. God loves the worship when everything is going wrong, but you still press through and praise him and say, Lord, I'm going to find a way to worship you. Midst of everything going wrong, it looks like I'm going wrong. Looks like I don't know, I don't know what's happening, but I'm gonna worship you. I know one thing about you you're true, you're God, you're real. I'm gonna pray, Lord, if you're gonna be glorified in this, if you're gonna have me die in a jail cell, then thy will be done. But I got news for you Paul had heard from Jesus before he went there. When Jesus called him, he said, you got to appear before Caesar he heard the word of God that was guiding his life he went in that jail cell saying they beaten us they whooped us Silas it looks bad but let me tell you what the Lord told me years ago he told me I'm not going to die until I appear before Caesar we ain't dying tonight come on lift your hands up again to worship God begin to sing praises. I got a sure word of prophecy. He told me I'm not going to die until I come before Caesar. Maybe this is the doorway to go to Caesar, but not right now. Look at somebody and say, sometime you have to go through to go to. Sometime you have to push down all the psychological warfare, demons howling, demons talking everywhere you look, trying to present a false evidence. I'm telling you, They'll work on you day and night. But you, child of God, you, beloved, you got to keep your mind on Jesus. You got to hear what he said. Hear his word. Every point we see Paul falling back on his habits of going to prayer and following the original mandate of what Jesus spoke. Go into all the world. You're not going to die until you see Caesar. We don't know the story of Caesar. That part didn't get written. We know he did go Caesar. And after he saw Caesar, they sawed him in half. They killed him. They cut his head off. They did something terrible. to His life was over. But as he was waiting in jail, he said, I don't be, I'm not afraid of what any man can do to me. He said, I put my faith in the awesome son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he's going to welcome me into his eternal kingdom. And there I shall be with him always. Timothy fight on son i fought a good fight i ran my race i've done it i've ended my thing and now i can go be with the lord in peace don't look at this as them winning they're not winning they're gonna cut my head off they're gonna try to fight the church but the church is going to outlive Rome. Rome will be a crumbling pile of stones and the church of Jesus is going to march on. Look at how many kings and emperors tried to destroy the church and look at the church now across the globe. They cannot stop this mighty moving force in the earth. Let's stand up on our feet right now. I'm done preaching. I preached too long already, didn't I? Well, at least it ain't midnight. God, my God, I got to let you go. I'm on Detroit time, so it's 1030 for me father in the name of jesus i pray now for every person under the sound of my voice i pray lord for direction for clarity lord we don't want to waste our time we don't want to stand before you and have you tell us you didn't do nothing i wanted you to do we don't want that to happen lord we're tired of spinning our wheels we're tired of wasting our resources and energy on things that don't bring forth any fruit lord it don't take you 10 years to do nothing But Lord, you said if any man lack wisdom, let him ask you of wisdom. And you give supernatural wisdom. You show us what to do. You tell us what to do. Lord, you show us how to break that rock. You show us how to break out of that prison. You show us how to break out of that jail. You tell us how to break that containment. You will show us how to get victory. Wisdom, divine strategies to win. Winning strategies from heaven. Lord, give us wisdom how to win that child. Give us wisdom how to get that husband in line. Give us wisdom how to get that wife on the right track. Give us the wisdom how to start this business to fund the kingdom of God. Give us wisdom and the wisdom and the know-how from heaven. We don't want to flounder, Lord. We're going to do your word. We're going to lean not to our own understanding. We're going to trust you, Jesus. Tonight we surrender. Not our will, but your will be done. We're going to endure hardness as a good soldier. We're going to be faithful to the end. Looking to you, Jesus. Lord, because you promised one thing. Jesus, you promised one thing. You promised me. You were the light of the world. If I followed you, light would light up my life. I would not walk
2: in darkness, but had the light of life. You promised me you would lead and guide me
1: by the still water for your
2: name's sake, Lord. You're my shepherd, oh, I will wait for you, I will wait for
1: you, I won't move till you tell me, I am
2: tired of my own way. I am tired of dismay, I will wait for you, I will worship in
1: spirit and truth, I will wait, how many will wait on the Lord, say it right now, I will wait on you,
2: I will wait for you, Lord, when you there, the doors open. Change, release Lord, when you're there Oh, everything opens up Lord You said, you said I set before you an open door An open door That no man can close I see myself Stepping through The door
1: My needs to wait on the Lord before you do something. I will wait for you. I will rest in you. That's what Paul did. He went and rested in the Lord's
2: spoke. I will wait on you. I will wait for you. I will rest in you.
1: You're my father. You're my shepherd. I'm going to wait on you. Yeah,
2: I won't be afraid. I won't be afraid. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me in the valley. Oh, I will wait on you.
1: This is the waiting song of the bride. I'm going to wait on you to hear your voice. I will make a move. Yeah.
2: I will wait on you. I will wait for you.
1: Lift those hands. Take hands with somebody next to you. If you don't mind breaking the rules. I know we post a social distance. Maybe you want to get a shoulder next to somebody. But we're going to just take hands and we're going to agree with just right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. We receive wisdom from heaven right now. What's the next door? What's the next step? Lord, although there was darkness and famine in the land, there was a light in Goshen. You have always provided for your people. You've always had a next step. Sometimes the next step is resting and being at peace. But Lord, we know you have the plan. We thank you for the plan tonight. We thank you for the plan you have for us. You have a plan for us individually. And tonight we thank you for the plan. Amidst all of the confusion and familiar spirits that try to confuse us and latch a hold of us and misdirect us, Lord, we thank you that as we enter into worship and take authority over the devil, That every foul, unclean spirit, every false leading voice will be broken and dissipated. Even the voices that say to us what we want to hear, we cast down imaginations and high things. We only want your will. We don't want to do, not our will, but your will be done. Father, we thank you that principalities and chains will be broken when we obey you. We don't war. We don't fight like the world fights. When we obey you, you fight the battle and you break the principalities through our obedience in you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. I do like Paul and Silas. It ain't midnight, but throw your hands up on the count of three and shout glory as loud as you can. One, two, three.
2: Glory! Glory! Your kingdom come, Lord, we shall glory. Oh, seated at the right hand, right all power and
1: glory. High and lifted up, High and lifted up. far above oh. all principalities. We are seated with him In the seats of glory Far above all principality Far above Far above above. above.
2: Looking
1: Looking down From a seated
2: position High and lifted up above all
1: that's me I'm seated in heavenly
2: places I'm seated in heavenly places let
1: heaven come to earth Let your will be done oh Lord we won't stand in your way
2: oh have your way have your way
0: had to stop the recording at that point but you might be listening right now and you say pastor joey i wanted to pray that prayer if i was there i would have prayed with you i'd like to pray right now as a matter of fact i would like to give my life to jesus christ i would like to have god in my life and i'd like to know jesus is my savior and my lord and surrender my life to him you know repentance means to turn away from your way of doing things and to turn to god's way we've done things our own way like they used to say in alcoholics Anonymous and narcotics anonymous when i did the 12 steps they said your best decisions and your best ways of thinking and your best ways to handle life have gotten you to this situation and now it's time to trust a higher power well there is no higher power than the god of all the earth His name is Jehovah. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And through him, you can turn from your way of doing things to his way. And his way is the right way. Because he made you. and He made you for a purpose. And he knows exactly what you need to pull out your potential to forgive you of your sins. Deliver you from the things that keep you away from God in a sin and death cycle. And if you'd open up your heart to Him right now, together with me, God can begin a new work in your life. So just pray with me wherever you're at, whether you're driving your car, whether you're at home, or wherever you are, just, just pray with me, and repeat after me. Say, Father, I come to you now, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, forgive me of my sins wash me in the blood of Jesus. I believe that your son died for my sins. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. From this day forward, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer, I'd like you to contact me. And we can send you some more resources and materials that could help you start this new life because this is the first day of the rest of your life. Email me at joe at nationsabroad.com or email the church at nfcontact at gmail.com And we'd love to speak with you and just correspond with you and put you on the right path. Maybe help you find some local churches there online or something, or maybe we know some pastors there that can follow up with you and help teach you the Word of God. Thank you for listening, and feel free to download the other podcasts and just feed on the Word of God.